Hello and welcome to Indie Radio. And I am so glad to be back. We've been on a long hiatus and we're here with another program. And this is the first one of this one. And this show is called Horror Flicks and Chill, where we will be reviewing both old horror flicks and new ones. And tonight we are going to be reviewing a brand new horror film. But before we get into that, let me introduce my co-host. I'm going to start off with the one and only Jen. How are you doing, Jen? Awesome. Thank you. Awesome to be here. Very happy. Very happy. Super excited to talk about what we're going to talk about tonight. All right. All right. All right. And of course, we're going to stay with the ladies first. We have the equally creepy Tori Rush. <laughs> Hi. How's it going? And I mean that in a beautiful way. Oh, I know. You're you're nothing but polite, Kinte. <laughs> All right. And then we have uh rounding out the panel, the one and only, the creep, big creep himself, Joshua. And I'm a creep in the best way possible. The weird kind. A radio, <laughs> radio head kind of way. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, what yes. What the hell am I doing here? <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Like <laughs> so we are not going to BS a whole lot. We're going to get right to it. So I'm going to start off with you, Jen. Give us a synopsis of the film that we're going to be reviewing today. All right. Well, we've got Halloween Kills. The nightmare isn't over as unstoppable killer Michael Myers escapes from Laurie Strode's trap to continue his ritual bloodbath. Injured and taken to the hospital, Lori fights through the pain as she inspires residents of Haddonfield, Illinois, to rise up against Myers, taking matters into their own hands, the Strode women and other survivors, form a vigilante mob to hunt down Michael and end his reign of terror once and for all. Directed by David Gordon Green. Yes. And, uh, Right off the bat, I have so much to say about this film. Uh, I think a good way to start off is uh, I was a fan of the 2018 film. I thought it was a good film. Did I think it was like this wonderful, um, you know, a Citizen Kane of a movie? No, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the ride. It was very good. Yeah, well, there's some, well, there's some uh, dumb parts of the film. I would agree. Uh, there is. But overall, I thought it was a, a pretty decent movie. I liked uh, it too. Yeah, I thought I thought it was good. Um, and this is interesting because Josh did not see the last film. Uh, 2018. We actually no, showed I did him. not. We had to show him the final part of, of, um, of 2018. But I mean, to be honest with you, uh, all you need to know is that you know, he kills a bunch of people. <laughs> you know, so it's also, not a big shot. Lori definitely came into her own in that movie. Yes, definitely. So uh, I think a good place to start off with is uh, we, I know Josh can't talk about this really, but um, we'll start off with you, Tori. How did you like the, the original film? Oh, the original film? I oh, loved it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, sorry. Let me clarify not the 78 film, but the 2008 film. I'm talking about in this series. In this specific oh, film. okay. I thought it was all right. I mean, it was a little boring. I, 
in my opinion, but I, I'm weird like that. Um, it, it was all right. I mean, I think that this one is better than the last one. Okay, well, we'll get into this one, but I, I really wanted to start off with briefly about how you felt about the last one. Yeah, I mean, it was, like I said, it was a little boring in some parts. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think the, if it was a different director, I think it would have been better. Okay. And, uh, Jen, you kind of said what you felt. What about you, the last 2018 film? Yeah, I, I actually really liked it. I thought that they really gave Lori a lot of agency and made her not just more part of the story, but also they, they gave her an interesting perspective into the Michael Myers universe. Um, and, I'm, I, you know, having said that, I will definitely say that the last movie felt very empowering. Like, yes, Michael Myers is a force to be reckoned with, but yeah, there's also lots of hope going on out here. So it's super interesting to contrast that movie with this movie, which I know we're going to get into. Right. And it also had a Terminator 2 feel to it. It did. You know, she did feel like Sarah Connor, you know, so. <laughs> yeah. You know, but I, and one thing I found is people who love the first one seem not to like this one. And the people that like that hated the first one seem to like this one better. So we'll get into why that might be true uh, for, for a lot of people. So, um, all right, let's get into this movie. This movie picks up right where uh, 2018's film uh, left off with virtually uh, they have like this intro scene where. And oh, by the way, there will be spoilers. So I'm just warning you, if you haven't seen Halloween Kills, we will be talking about it in depth. So this, you know, there'll be definitely spoiler territory. So uh, just warning you guys now. So uh, there will be spoilers. I should probably should have said that from the top. But um, okay, so the film starts off with this intro that was long boring and drawn out and it was showing the uh sheriff i can't think of his name but played by will Patton, who we saw him last in the 2018 film he had his uh, he was stabbed in the throat by the doctor and uh left for dead seemingly dead and we see that he is not dead that in fact uh nori's granddaughter and please forgive me uh everybody uh i probably should have these character names uh, put up. Actually, let me do that so I won't be killed for not knowing these characters' names. Uh, the granddaughter, who is uh, Allison, I believe, is her, name, her character name, uh, boyfriend, and he's still dressed like Clyde because they went as Bonnie and Clyde to a, a Halloween party. So that's why he was dressed in drag. Uh, I know you didn't see the last uh, movie, Josh. So that's if you were wondering why is he dressed like a woman, it's because yeah, they did a gender swap. Of, oh, I, oh, I right. thought it, I thought you just wore a kilt like that was the in fashion nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> For real, like that, I didn't think about it. <laughs> no, nah, they did yeah. a gender swap. He, he was uh, Bonnie and she was Clyde. So. Um, that's why he was dressed like that at the beginning of the movie. And he comes across the sheriff and uh, Officer Hawkins. 
Oh, I'm sorry, he wasn't even a sheriff. My bad. He was Officer Hawkins. And they go into this flashback in the 70s. And I got to say, the flashbacks of the 70s, um, as far as the way they're shot and the way it looks, is great. It's almost seamless to the original film as far as the look of it. They did a great job of that. Uh, would you guys agree? Yes. Yeah, and, I definitely. And um, so that part of the film, I thought they nailed pretty well. Uh, but here's the thing about this film that's a recurring thing is when it's time to shoot Michael Myers, people all of a sudden seem to not be able to shoot unless they're right up on him, I guess. Uh, then, then they can get a shot in. But uh, Officer Hawkins, what does he get? Like eighteen shots at him and misses every time. So, are we to believe that there's some kind of voodoo keeping shots from <laughs> landing, or are they just terrible? I, I, you know, this this is hard. This is actually a hard question. Amazingly, that is a hard question because of what happens at the end. And I don't know if you want to like sort of jump around and skip to that part, but honestly, what Lori says yeah, at the let's, end well, let's save, makes let's sense. Save yeah, oh, okay, yeah, let's save the end for you know the end, but I, I hear what you, I know why you brought that up and we'll we'll reference that again. So it's but, possible. It is really is possible that there is some kind of uh supernatural deflection going on. I'll say that. That feels very possible right now. Mm. Which I hate if that is the truth. <laughs> like <laughs> I hate it. Oh my god! Like, and then you know his partner is grabbed up, and then he shoots his partner for some crazy reason. What was that about? I didn't. Did y'all get that? No, I didn't get that either. I was like, huh. Like I thought, I thought we would discuss it. So <laughs> yeah, like like Josh, what the hell was that? Like he shoots his partner, and it's like first of all. He sat, sits there and watches him get strangled to death, just about, and then he decides to shoot his partner for God knows why. I, you know, I, like it. I mean, it was so bad that where he landed the shot, it seemed like he did it on purpose, almost because I mean, you can't be that bad of a shot. Well, I guess we all learned from speed. You shoot the <laughs> hostage. <laughs> oh boy! Hilarious. And I, <laughs> I, I do want to throw in there, though, that uh, maybe Michael Myers wasn't hit because he's white. Because he's, he's insane. Because he's white. Oh. <laughs> ah, you know what? <laughs> you know what? We're going to get to that, too, by the way, because that's some controversy about, about that, which is hilarious. But, um, uh okay so uh now they have they did this great job of making it look like Dr. Loomis was in the frame. I mean it looked damn near perfect. And you know that I mean I mean obviously it's not him. They did uh, some trickery there but it was so seamless. Like it didn't look like I don't know if you guys saw the movie Rogue One the Star Wars story yes. where they of um I can't mm -hmm the character's name. Okay, Star Wars nerds, don't shoot me. Uh, um, the the guy that they brought back to life 
And uh, it looked so bad and terrible. And then even the the Princess Leia at the end of the movie looked so goofy, which you would totally think that if a movie was going to get it right, it would be a Lucasfilm, uh, you know, a special effects, uh, you know. But uh, no, this movie got it perfect. Like, it looks just like him. It doesn't look out of place. Um, you know, and, you know, the actor they got to do a stand-in, uh, I saw him. He's actually a construction worker on the ship, on the, um, in, in the movie that they, I guess they must have looked at him and said, you know, you kind of look like Dr. Loomis there. His name is Tom Jones Jr. I wonder, is he is he related to uh, the Tom Jones? Hmm. I'll, pull, I'll pull his picture up so you can... Could be. It's not unusual. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they do share the same name. Hmm. You know, I mean, there he is, Tom Jones Jr. You know, is he... Is, is his daddy Tom Jones? I don't know. But that's the guy that they got to uh, stand in for Loomis. And uh, it looks good. I want to see the behind the scenes on how they got it. Uh, but he's he's a uh, a background guy. So I'm about to look it up to see if he is, in fact, Tom Jones' son. The Tom Jones. Uh, I love how we can just Google things nowadays. Like, anything you want to know, the internet knows it for you. It's amazing. Sometimes it's just amazing to me. I don't know. You know, he, uh, just while you're looking that up, he, I, I definitely have a, a an interesting um, uh, sort of overall observation about the cast. I, I do feel like this time the cast was really diverse. Isn't really the right word, but there was it, there's a lot of eclectic mix in here, in the different personality types and the different kinds of people that were associated with Michael, older, younger, um, people that knew him, people that didn't, young, I don't know. There's just a bunch of those kinds of things. That did feel like a little bit more of a slice of, yeah, okay, you know, maybe this is what we should be focusing on. But I also, toward the middle of the movie, started feeling like, but what about the teenagers? And and it, it, it like took me almost out of time and place to realize that I all of a sudden was thinking about Halloween as, yes, he's a killer, but wow, we've really lost focus of sort of where we're at because he's just sort of on a killing spree. Like, it, it felt so much less focused. Okay, I, I'll be honest with you. I can't figure it out if that's in fact uh, him or not. So uh, I can't, I thought I found something that showed that it was his son, but uh uh no we still gotta wait and see but anyway yeah I, I yeah i thought that they did a good job with that but um okay so let, let's zoom out of of um 78 and uh let's go to uh i thought the way that they got him out of the box that he was in which was uh you know because i was thinking when i saw the original movie I was like, how are they going to get him out of the burning trap? And I thought they came up with a very, really good way of, of uh, solving that problem. Because he said when he wrote it, the guy who wrote the film, um, David Gordon Green, that uh, 
that he um, had no idea how he was going to do it. He wrote himself into a corner. And I thought that part was really was good, right? The way that they said, oh, that makes perfect sense that the fire department would get there and not knowing that they were going to unleash the beast once again. Um, but, uh, and I thought that was, you know, well done the way that he, you know, got out of there. I thought the fire department, I mean, it was like, what was it, about seven of those guys? I'm like, really? They couldn't have done, had a better showing than <laughs> get mowed down one at a time? Like, you know, it's like, oh, how many... Uh-huh. The, the the firemen all went to the clear film school bad guy attempt. Uh, I'm sorry, good guy attempt to take down the bad guy school where everybody has to do things one at a time instead of everybody rushing the bad guy. So I'm really glad that they went to that school because it did sort of protract the movie and keep it going. So that was good. Yeah, very glad to hear that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. What, what do you guys think about... uh uh the uh uh what's tori what did you think about the the scene i was sad because firemen are usually hot so like i was like all oh, these guys are gonna get all killed they don't realize what's happening and i thought it was a little cheesy but it was a good cheese so yeah i thought the whole movie was a little cheesy but in a good way like not in a bad way i, I love that uh her concern is about them being hot. So yeah. <laughs> if they were ugly. I mean, like, yeah, we could kill them. Off. No, that's not the point. The point is, is they do save people and, and people don't hate firemen. They hate police, but they don't hate firemen. You know, everybody likes firemen. Well, you know why firemen are typically hot? Because they're on fire. That's what they're I was going to say. Yeah, fire. they're fires. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, what about you, Josh? How do you how do you like the fireman scene? Well, uh, first of all, I'll, I'll say when it comes to this movie, this is the first kind of, I guess, outrage that I heard about uh, that Michael Myers would kill a bunch of firemen in America. How so dare he? Uh, yeah. That 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 was the first thing I heard about Halloween Kills, as far as any kind of critical reaction and, and even then it's not actual critical but like you said even though i hadn't seen the previous movie i thought watching this particular scene it was a pretty inventive way to to get out of the trap right who's gonna rescue him well the firemen of course right it, it seemed that that's the beauty part of writing when you think you've written yourself into a corner and suddenly it's like the answer was there the whole time, just staring you in the face. The house is on fire. How is he going to get out? Don't the firemen show up. It, it, just, it just seems so obvious. And that's one. Uh, that's how you know it's a good idea when, bam, uh, you figure it out just like that. Why did I think that the, that where that house was was in the middle of nowhere? Like I don't know why I thought that. Like there was no. It was. It, was. it wasn't in the middle of nowhere. But oh, then okay. it's kind of like a John Wick uh, horror film, you know, with yeah. the rain and the and the uh, fire in the background. It looked like you know, 
it looked like he was about to pull out an AK and start, you know, <laughs> mowing people down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was like, okay, is this like the end of John Wick or something? Or uh, was that um, the Denzel one, the Equalizer? Uh, you know. <laughs> so he's like, uh, you know, Michael Myers is the Equalizer. Uh, <laughs> but no, I thought that, see, so far, so good, right? Uh, we both can agree. We can all agree that that part is good. And then I'm going to just be honest with you. After that, it's a shit show. And then it's like they're, um, they are uh, talking. Of, they have the, um, on Halloween night, they had the most boring bar party of all time where they're doing spoken word. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Who? That sounds boring as hell. Like, and then they're talking about this. They're like, have you ever heard about the killer uh, that terrorized this town 40 years ago? Who the fuck hasn't? Yeah. A small town like that. <laughs> everybody talks about it, you know? Yeah. Like, like, really, that's like, that's like saying, you know, let me tell you about the time you got beat up. It's like, of course I remember that. I got beat up, <laughs> you know? So I, I thought that was pretty pretty lame but i guess that was a way of to give an exposition it's like oh we'll make them doing the spoken word uh halloween night at a bar like or was it talent well i guess it was a talent show it was a talent show yeah yeah because they had a ventriloquist as well which you know uh okay <laughs> <laughs> and, oh and shout out to uh stephanie i haven't talked to stephanie in for a long time and uh renee as well as Anna and uh, Amira as well. So a uh, big shout out to all of those wonderful people. But um, yeah, I, 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 yeah I, 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 I was just gonna say, I think the, the middle of the movie and really like all the way up until sort of the, almost the end of the last act, um, it, it was just so jumbled. There was just so much that was sort of, um, and I really want to make a social commentary here, but I'll wait until after we get a little bit further in. But the the the, the middle of this movie was so disorganized that it was hard to figure out, well, whose story are we really supposed to be following? Is it the escaped inmate? Is it Michael Myers? Is it the people who are trying to attack Michael? Is it the people in the house where Michael lived? Like, I don't, I feel like we sort of, get a, a, a kind of disconnection all the way through it that I wanted to root for some people, but it, it felt really hard to figure out who is going to actually, like, where are we supposed to be paying the most attention? Do you know what I mean? That it that just felt so difficult. Right. Some people are calling this the uh, Empire Strikes Back of, uh, of uh, this new trilogy. Uh, it's disrespectful. Right, it's dis big time disrespectful. Uh, I don't, know. <laughs> but uh, I, which I think is kind of funny. But um, the the problem with this film, uh, I'm I'm gonna just piggyback on it with Jennifer. The movie starts off with <clears throat> the flashback of Officer Hawkins, and then they show it, a, you know, another time, but. He really has nothing to do with the plot other than just, you know, he's not part of the trying to solve the problem. He's just laying on his back, kind of hitting on Jamie Lee Curtis a little bit, you know. Uh, I love 
uh, guys are great, right? Because uh, this guy is almost dead, and he's talking about, man, I was kind of hoping I was going to score tonight with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. He reminds, he reminds me of me, right? Uh, you know, always thinking about, thinking with the little head. But, um, you know, I didn't even catch that the first time I saw the movie. So, uh, but, um, yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, so you, you don't, that's a great thing. Like, you don't know who to root for. And then you have Tommy Doyle, uh, played by the great Anthony Michael Hall. And, you know, they set him up to be like a really good character, you know, and, and you, they set him up to be a really good character, but they really didn't, it didn't pay off, you know, like the whole, the whole idea of the mob, you know, turning the town into a mob and um, going to look for Michael Myers is a great plot. And it actually was similar to, uh, um, I was about to say episode four, uh, <laughs> uh, um, uh, Halloween four had that going in it, right? <clears throat> but um, I would say that it was poorly executed, you know? Like, they didn't really, they didn't really do anything with it. The only thing the mob did was help some the wrong guy get killed or die you know commit suicide or whatever so there was really nothing to it i mean you can say at the end that's what that's what i mean it was so muddy in the middle like there were just oh hey you know the people at the bar this is gonna be great and then we get so invested in that little story and then all of a sudden not only are they dead but everybody's dead and i don't know there were just so many there are so many pieces like that that made it feel like I, I, you know, in some ways I sort of get why I think they were doing that because it was supposed to be the Michael Myers indiscriminately kills now. And it doesn't matter who or where or what you are. He's just going to kill you. Right. doesn't matter if you're queer. doesn't matter if you're black. doesn't matter if you're white. doesn't matter if you're police, firemen, whatever. You're going to die because that's Michael Myers. But on the other hand, I also feel like audiences need to be able to root for something or someone that is directly involved in the action. And we never just really get that. No, not at all. And that was very well said. You don't really get that. And, you know, one thing I think the reason I'm going to just go out on a limb. I think the reason why probably Tori liked this film better than the first one is one of the the things that people complained about the first one was it wasn't enough kills. And I guess there was a long stretch. There was a long stretch in the middle where nothing really happened in that, as far as that's concerned, but they were trying to set up the story. So I didn't crucify it for that in this one. I mean, the, the title is right. Halloween kills. Cause he does do a lot of killing. I mean, he yeah. does a lot of killing yeah, he does. and yeah. he's really brutal too. I mean, it seems like he's, extra it seemed like he's having fun in yes. this yes like, there's a certain amount of enjoyment you can see whenever he's looking at his victims dying he likes that shit you know <laughs> like like it's almost like when he was down in the uh, basement but burning he was like i guess he wasn't praying praying to the lord so he was like satan if you could just get me out of this I promise I will enjoy my kills way more, you know, or or something like that. So uh, uh, I don't know, like this one. And then, you know, there's the the scene. I mean, it's in the trailer of him killing the old black lady. And then, uh, 
you know, trying out the knives. <laughs> and uh, I guess that was, I don't know if that was her his caretaker, her, the guy's caretaker or what. I mean, because um, she was a caretaker in the first one. Right. Oh, so, um, and she looked like she was dressed like a caretaker. So, um, but anyway, uh, the scene where he's trying all the knives in his back, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to feel about that scene. Uh, what do you? What do you guys think about that? I, yeah. I personally thought it was ridiculous. Um, I mean, uh, it was. I don't know. You know, I, I run back and forth with a couple of things because there were some moments in this movie that were like kind of. It was almost like they were trying to play them as comic relief. Um, right. And 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 they sort of succeeded, but then just the sheer sort of. Uh, ick factor that gets creeped in there like stops it from being comic relief and makes you go well maybe this isn't maybe it's actually serious and i shouldn't be laughing at it and i felt like that a couple of times throughout like oh i want to laugh at that but oh no wait maybe i shouldn't because maybe that's serious right uh what about you josh what do you think about the knife trying scene well, i i felt in a lot of uh, similar ways that Jen did. When it comes to just everything in general, I think there was only one moment where I actually had a sort of visceral reaction to what was going on on screen. That was uh, certainly not it. But again, sometimes I looked at it and I thought, wait, is is this supposed to be funny? And I couldn't tell. So I just do as I always do inside of the laughter. Well, you know, th these two guys that did it, uh, Danny McBride and David Gordon Green, they're, they're known for their comedy work. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you know, I, I think they wanted to, I think there were a couple places where it was like, it really should have been kind of funny but then the atmosphere kept it from being that way and then and the soundtrack stopped it in its in its tracks i don't know there were just like so many sort of inconsistent pieces that were sending mixed messages uh, that uh, yeah sorry go ahead no it's okay i'm sorry to interrupt you but that's kind of like the reason why i said it was cheesy a little bit because like you got like such disorganization that it seems like a, a rated B film. You know what I mean? Like it's not like it's not like a top notch. It's not a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know what I mean? So like uh, this is a whole new style of horror movies because it's it's paying homage to the '80s and the '70s, but then you got all like an entire decade or 40, 50 years. He's, you know, Michael Myers would have been 65 in this movie. He would have been 65. So, you know, <laughs> he pretty, he's pretty limber for, for an old, for an old man, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. It should have been uh, this, the senior season dies tonight. It should have been the uh, little tag that they were throwing out. Well, and the, the guy who plays Michael Myers is actually, I mean, he's not, he is not a young guy. Right. They, you know, they have uh, multiple guys that are. Uh, right. Yeah. But every one of them that I see is an older kind of looking person. 
So he's not like a super, you know, he's not 20 years old. Yeah. But you know, it's the original guy, Nick Castle, is uh is you know, plays him a lot. They kind of did like they did with the new Chewbacca. Uh bunch you know, of people. Yeah. So until you know the guy died, uh Mayhew. But um okay, so um let's get to something that was controversy. I had a lot of controversy behind it. And that was where the characters, Big John and Little John. And uh they were you could tell that the idea was they were going for some sort of comic relief with these two characters. And uh they were, you know, for those who don't know, Big John and Little John was a gay couple who have to be the some of the most I mean, this film is populated with dumb people, but they might have been the dumbest of all because they actually lived in Michael Myers' house. And, uh, you know, it's like, it's like, and they seem to understand that, you know, the importance to, to Michael Myers. They took yeah, just by telling that story, right? Right. So it's like, it was hard to feel sorry for them when they met their ultimate demise, because it's like, you kind of, I mean, look, okay, if you want to live in Michael Myers' house, how about the month of October and most of November, you just go on a cruise, <laughs> you know, like, like, if you're going to own his house and live in it, like, just stay away from, like, I don't think he kills on, like, uh, Groundhog Day or, uh, you know, or any other. It seems like he's only kills in one town on one day, you know? It's like, you could have, maybe he could have skipped the the, uh, the pain, you know, uh, and do that, but... Uh, yeah, it's definitely a local problem. Right. So, uh, I'm just saying, you know, IJS... But um, I don't know. But so the big controversy is that, you know, spoiler alert, that they ultimately are killed off by Michael Myers. Um, Big John is killed in a rather gruesome way. And then little John just stares at him. Michael, he had more than enough time to get away. He says, Michael, you've come home. And then he just sits there and lets him kill him. Um. And that was one of those comic relief moments when I was like, I wanted to laugh. And here's yeah, yeah, like that's a cheesy moment to me. Absolutely. My my thing is uh, about that scene is well, you know what the people are saying is that Michael Myers is homophobic because he killed the cake up. It's like it wasn't. Oh like, my god! So it's like, wait a minute. Uh, okay. Michael Myers, I mean, how did he, he could, how did he know they were gay? One, you know, and two, I see, I, there's nothing about Michael Myers' history that makes you think that he has any kind of prejudice, you know? No, that, and that's what I said earlier about <clears throat> Michael Myers being an equal opportunity killer in this version, in this iteration here, <clears throat> so much so that he is not just killing everybody, but killing sort of across every single spectrum, young, old, like I said, queer, uh, black, white, whatever. And that sort of is a, it's the age thing that throws me off because usually it's Michael Myers always, to me, always sort of associating Lori with the younger or associating his sister with the younger teen person. And that's why he goes to kill. But this is definitely a 
like a, a spawn of Michael Myers in some way where all of a sudden the doors are wide open and he's willing to kill whoever. So it does feel different. Yeah, you know, uh, he also, like, I don't know how I want to say this. Like, there are so many times in this movie that people could have gotten away or, like, called for help or did something. And it was so unrealistic, the time period that it took in between kills sometimes. And, you know, that it... it I don't know, maybe that goes along with the inconsistency that you were talking about. But, yeah. And also, did you know that um, one of the real housewives of uh, Beverly Hills was in this movie? No. She, yeah, she was uh, one of the brunettes. I don't remember her name now. But she's a brunette. She's the only brunette on the real housewives of Beverly Hills, I a, I think so. Anyway, that was just that goes along with the cheese factor. So, like, I mean, I liked it. I like, I liked it, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited for another one because I want to see how they take it this time. Is it gonna go cheesy, like, like Freddy versus Jason, or is it gonna like be like a good slasher foot? You know. We shall see. Um, you, know what? you know what? Can I just answer, Tori, for one second? I, I mean, not answer, but respond. Uh, th this is this is where I think we're at sort of a, a pivot point with Halloween in particular. Uh, but I do see it in some other franchises, too. Um, notably with the series Chucky that came out, which I won't talk about, but it's just it's a pivot point And you can really see it. There is something happening with our love of horror serial slashers where they are becoming both more supernatural and less just sort of straight in your face you know oh there's something a little bit spooky going on but the real scary thing is uh that, that they've got a knife and that you know hey they could be around any dark shadow or corner and this whole idea that oh no wait there's some kind of supernal world out there where serial killers manifest and the reason that we're not safe is because wherever evil is, that's where they will be. Or, you know, there's really no light at the end of the tunnel. Good won't save you. And that's something that they kind of discuss in the movie. Um, and those kinds of things. And I think that we are definitely seeing a shift here in 20, maybe 18, 16, somewhere around there. And now, up to now, where our serial killer slasher movies are really changing. And this feels like the perfect example of how they are changing. So it, it actually, you're, you're totally, I think you're totally right on the money is what I was gonna say. Thank you, I appreciate that. <laughs> Don't let it go to your head, Tori. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, let's get to, I mean, let's get to the end. Um, Mikey Myers, uh, is, you know, um, Michael Myers is, uh, tracked to his home. Cause you know, you always got to go home. Uh, all he had to do was click his heels and he would have been there. Right. And, uh, so Michael Myers is there at his home. Uh, 
the the granddaughter, the granddaughter's boyfriend, and the granddaughter's boyfriend's father, who's also a survivor of an encounter with Michael Myers back in 1978, uh, decide to go to the home. The father says, you know what? I'm going to go in there on my own. I got to do this by myself. And then he starts off by going to the house by knocking on the front door. You know, (laughs) (laughs) that was funny. Yeah, Yeah. it was hilarious. Come out and play. But anyway, so uh, then he goes in and literally two seconds later, you hear a gunshot and then it goes silent. So then the two kids go in like, you know, they're in Scooby-Doo. And let's just say uh, the boyfriend gets uh, killed, killed. You know, you know, you can also say he doesn't like people in drag too, because remember, well, no, he wasn't, no, he wasn't wearing the outfit no more. I don't think. I was about to say, oh, you almost got him on another council, council, uh, thing. But um, so he kills the boyfriend, throws the 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 girlfriend down the flight of stairs, and then, you know, Mama S Machina come comes out, and stabs him in the back with the um, uh, pitchfork. And then curb stomps him on the stairs, Michael Myers. And instead of, you know, sticking a, the pitchfork in his skull, she decides to take his ha- uh, mask off and then use it to lure him into a trap, which made no sense, which was two blocks away. And then leaves the mask on the ground. And then that's when the town comes to have their 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 finals. Uh, kind of confrontation with Michael and the town surrounds him and it, it literally looks like a, kind of like a Bruce Lee movie or something you know like you know when you know if you ever seen a Bruce Lee movie where Bruce Lee is surrounded by a bunch of people and then you know it's about to go down you know and Mike puts on his mask and he's getting ready you know he's getting ready to take on the whole town and the town kicks his ass they beat him up. Oh, then there's a stupid line. Wait, what's that stupid line? Uh, hello, Michael Myers. Halloween. What do you say? Halloween is for. Uh, we, we all get we all get one scare on Halloween. Yeah, we all get one oh big scare God. on Halloween or something. Oh my God, that is so corny. Let me see if I can find that. <laughs> yeah. That's what I said. The cheese factor, like. I, I like really some of the dialogue. Oh wait, my other favorite line is. There's a man. Wait, let me play the other one. There's a man outside. Uh, wait, hold on a second. Let me find that shit. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. The man outside. Wait, this is uh, the, the black lady and uh, caretaker. Wait, here it go. Let me see. Hey, Sandra! Sandra! There's a big fella in our bathroom, and he's wearing a monster mask. Oh, what the fuck does he want? Who gives a shit? Call the cops! Cops <laughs> <laughs> like that. It's a monster mask. Okay. Okay. I I gotta say my I gotta say my one thing about uh about this movie that I started to say when we were gonna talk about this right after the movie, right? And that is there is something interesting. Uh, interesting is the key and operative word here because I don't know if it fits in this movie, uh, but I think it's interesting that they chose to do the whole trope of the real monsters are not the serial killers. The real monster isn't Michael Myers. The real monster is 
us, all the people, because they turned into the vigilante mob. They clearly caused uh, the inmate to jump off the, the, the building because they went after the wrong killer in thinking that that was Michael, right? Or thinking that they had the right person. Uh, to me, that it's an interesting trope. And, and I love to explore that the monsters are actually us. But in this universe, I don't think that that really makes sense. No, they are not-, not the monsters. Michael is clearly the monster. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, it's stupid. It's uh, yeah, it's trying to be deep when it's it's really not. Okay, here's the the stupid line. <laughs> Hey, Michael, it's Halloween. Everyone's entitled to one good scare. <laughs> Who's this man? Yeah, that's I, what I was thinking. Boo oh. this man. Boo. <laughs> See, if I was, if I was the actor, I'd be like, I'm not saying that. Oh that's my god! Shit, I've ever heard in my life. You're you're checking your account level, going, yeah, all right, all right, all right, all right. I guess the check cleared. All right, all right, I'll say it. Yeah, okay. Yes. So, so Michael is uh, beat down by the uh, the mob of people, you know, and then he's stabbed in his neck by the the. I'm just gonna call Judy Greer's character the daughter of uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, and uh, then we get this uh, monologue by. Uh, um, Laurie Strode, who I, I forgot this, we didn't even mention this. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Laurie Strode, is in the hospital the whole time because she was stabbed in the gut in the last movie. And she has no interaction with Michael at all this time. No, no, she's on the sidelines, much similar to Halloween, too. Uh, except for she does have, you know, um, you know, that's not how it happens in there, but it's pretty much uh, similar. Okay, so I, I, I guess we didn't even talk about that. Uh, I'm okay with it. If they should have just focused to me on Tommy Doyle and made him totally the protagonist in the film, and I think that would have made the film a little more ba- better weighted. But you know, okay. So here's the monologue. Uh oh. Loved what he's lived through. The more he kills, blood just like you. I always thought Michael Myers was flesh and blood, just like you and me. But a mortal man could not have survived what he has lived through. The more he kills, the more he transcends into something else impossible to defeat. Fear. People are afraid. That is the true curse of Michael. He'll always be here with me. Even when we can't see him. So, and 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 also, if we could go back just a tiny bit, even before that, uh, the the thing that makes that what she just said, the thing that makes that so punctuated is that in the end, even though the townspeople rush Michael, slash him, beat him, stab him with a pitchfork, all a Shrek. I mean, like it's bad, right? And it sure does seem like he should be dead. 
she is saying this monologue and at the at the moments that she's saying that Michael Myers gets up off the ground and begins to kill all the townspeople everybody that rose up against him he starts killing and the reason that I had said before that that this movie ends on such a low note is not that horror movies are supposed to end on a high note or a hopeful note because of course most horror as a genre isn't right it's supposed to end on a horror note but this note just felt depressing not horror not like oh yeah Michael Myers might be around the corner it was more like what she's saying is there is no hope. It doesn't matter what humanity does. It doesn't matter who you are. You have just as much chance of being killed by Michael Myers as you do getting hit by a fire truck. I mean, like, it's just, it felt so hollow in its delivery. And I think it could have been really strong. Like, they could have really tied Michael Myers to something more like you know where evil lives michael is uh, or something like that to really give it that sense that punctuated sense of he's a serial killer and he's thriving off of kind of uh like demon fuel or something i mean not that in particular but you know that kind of idea but instead they made it feel like yeah okay well he's just gonna be around because meh people <laughs> I was just like what that doesn't make any sense makes no sense and he goes on a epic killing spree. Oh, he does he? Uh, yeah. Everybody just sits there and watches one by one as he can get mowed down. And it's so, it is so uh, bad. It's painful to watch. Yeah. And it's so, and you know, I like David Gordon Green. I think he's talented, but I don't know what the hell happened here. I think maybe they, 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 they rushed it possibly. And uh, I think they must have rushed it to try to get out another. I, I think Halloween suffers from the same franchise fatigue that a lot of really good franchises are still suffering with. That is a great idea sort of gets stagnant and then tried to resuscitate somehow with some new, different, interesting trick. But they fail to recognize and really kind of rehabilitate what made the franchise good in the first place. I am totally on board with do as many franchises as you want, but at least give us the kernel of the goodness that was the piece that made us really interested in it in the first place. You, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you from a, from a narrative standpoint, there's really no reason to do any more sequels. You know, but it's just it's really just a cash grab. So when it's just a cash grab, I mean, that's what you're going to get, you know. Right. So, And to be honest with you, I know this is not fans love the callbacks and the and the shout outs to the originals and stuff. I, I, I don't like it. Honestly, I like it to be its own movie, you know, yeah. you know, maybe a little wink and a nod. But I think the thing is with, you know. David is really. I think they made a mis. I think the mistake was when, um, when uh, what's his name, the uh, the guy who did uh, the remakes. Um, oh my God, he did Devil's Rejects. Uh, Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie wasn't a fan of the original, so he tried to make it into his own, and I mean it didn't work. It really didn't work, and I think that uh, what they're trying to do is well, 
they felt like he was disrespectful to the original. So David Gordon Green wanted to make sure. No, I'm a huge fan of the original. Like I'm at the altar of the original, you know? So uh, I think that's, um, I think, but then it's still, I, I think it, you need to be somewhere in the middle, not too much of a super fan and not, you know, someone who has no respect for the material. So I think, I don't know. I'm not a fan of either. You know, I like to be somewhere in the middle where there's there's respect for the original material, but not to the point where you're, tr you know, trying to recreate the original magic and all of that stuff. Because because because, you know, we when we did uh, we did a cinema do fromage where we did uh, the Halloween. Um, three. Oh, my God. Halloween uh, three. three. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and 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 we all talked about how as a standalone it was it, it had some really cool elements and it did some stuff that maybe we hadn't even thought before and you know yeah maybe there were some problems but it was its own entity right this feels like it's trying to be its own entity while still paying a, a dark tribute to what makes Michael Myers, Michael Myers. And I don't, I think what kind of happened was something got lost in translation. I, I, I think, I, I'll be honest, I like the concepts. The concepts are good. I feel like there are enough really good tropes in here to make it a workable, awesome story. It's the execution of it that just felt like, what are we doing here? We're, this is not a even narratively fun to watch it just felt super messy and like i said you know disorganized and but the, but individual pieces could have been great i, I would have watched a whole movie about the couple that moved into that house i mean honestly it just it felt like, yeah that that could have been a whole world by itself and it would have been super interesting all by itself but in but instead it was like and i'm not saying that's the only one <clears throat> I think I would have watched a whole bunch of them, but th but that's not even the point. The point is there was just no central focus. Even Michael wasn't a central focus, and I mean that's a problem in a serial killer movie that is supposed to be about the serial killer. All right, so let's to button this up. Michael Myers comes back home, and of course Judy Greer is there, and Judy Greer meets her in. She is butchered by Michael Myers because, you know, Laurie Strode didn't have enough reasons to kill him. So they had to add that. To, I guess that's going to feel the next one is like, I have another reason to kill you because you killed my daughter. I guess that was what that was about. Whatever. You know, it's, <laughs> you know it is what it is. You know what I mean? Yeah, by the end, it, it almost didn't even feel like it mattered. I, I mean, and I feel bad about that because I actually really like that character. And at the end, I was just like, yeah, okay. Well, well she died. All right. Yeah. All right. So um, let's start off with uh, Josh. Overall, uh, let's say a one out of 10, with 10 being the highest, what would you give this film? Oh, well, uh, my official score with it um, was, I guess, on your scale of five. Okay, cool. No point five. All right. Five. Okay. And uh, why Why you say five? Well, a lot of 
interesting points were brought up throughout our discussion here tonight. And one of them that Tori kept bringing up was the homage to classic horror. Now, it, it could have given it a higher score if that homage wasn't dedicated to the really cheesy, terrible parts of classic horror. Yeah. And maybe took it into a, I don't know, a different direction. Because the dialogue in this movie is just terrible. <laughs> yeah. And I know, Kente, you mentioned earlier that there were a few things. Evil dies tonight. You know, it's I guess it's supposed to sort of be a a different take on internet uh, mob mentality of everyone's just, you know, parroting catchphrases from whoever happens to be popular at the time, you know, whether it's a celebrity or a politician, you just come up with one catchy thing and suddenly you have everybody hooked. And uh, that was definitely the, the line that got everybody all riled up. And I can think of a couple of people in history that was able to do things like that and get a lot of people really intensely insane. And the fact that, they went after the wrong guy. It was almost incredibly pointless just so they could get another piece of really bad dialogue with real monsters. Mm. Yeah. Wait, wait a minute. You thought dialogue like this? Hey, Michael. It's Halloween. <laughs> Everyone's entitled to one good scare. <laughs> you thought that's bad? That's bad dialogue to you? Yes. <laughs> yes. So I'm 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 on I was on the fence about whether or not this means it was bad or if it was such a pitch perfect homage to you know older horror that it made it genius. It it's completely mind blowing to me. So that's why I went right down the middle. I'm like, okay. Because I can't figure it out, um, I'm, I'm just going to give it that nice middle-of-the-road score. Because when you watch a movie like this, half of the appeal is the kills, right? You're not really going for the in-depth story. Like, like you said before we watched it, it's not the English patient. You're okay not following everything. I, I've seen... This is my fourth Halloween movie that I've seen. The the first being the original. Uh, the second being H2O. I watched Halloween 3 for Cinema du Fromage, and now this one. Although I did catch glimpses of the one... I, I don't remember which one it was. They were a film crew in the house? Oh, oh yeah. God, yeah. Yeah, that's Resurrection. So I saw bits and pieces of that, but I never really sat down and watched it. And at the end of the day, it was, I guess, interesting that the string of victims were all varied. By the way, uh, just my two cents on the gay couple being killed. I, if, if I had to guess, I'd say somebody was being facetious on Twitter and somebody else said, 
oh my god, I can't believe you're you're making that argument that Michael Myers is homophobic, and because they took the bait, it suddenly starts spreading, and you know, people doing what people do. Uh, they somebody picked up on the story, and suddenly everybody thinks people are outraged over Michael Myers killing a gay couple, and you know what I. I, I don't think they're being serious about that at all. If, uh, if um, I don't think be so. Honest. I think it, it's, a, it's a joke. But, all right, how about this? Will this change your mind about how if the dialogue is bad? You know, I actually didn't mind that. Let him burn. <laughs> you know, it sounded like a genuine plea for, <laughs> no, you're doing the wrong thing, which for the moment seemed right. But any other time, it was just bad. And how come, you know, you're talking about the guy telling the story of Michael Myers at the bar. Uh-huh. But then the gay couple tells, you know, their kind of version of the Michael Myers, Michael Myers story. And then other people tell, we hear the story over and over again. And I couldn't help, but figure out who are they trying to explain this to? And we didn't even talk about the kids that stole all the candy. And you know what? I'm going to say one of them got exactly what they deserved. Just saying. Ooh, wow. I know. Hot take. Yeah, hot take. All right. Uh, but Tori stepped away. To, uh, let us know when you're back, Tori. Um, yeah. That is a hot take. For the, I, I believe earlier I said there was one scene that gave me a very visceral reaction. And it's the only one that I really felt any kind of sympathy watching, which was when the first couple was killed. I don't know why, but that that hit me in a way because I'm thinking, I guess, they're just trying to relax at home. Maybe, you know, fool around a little bit. They're, they were just doing their thing, and then suddenly, bam. I don't know that, I don't know that she, they were a couple because she's listed as a caretaker and she looked like she was dressed as a caretaker. So it's, it's kind of unclear if, if she, if he was her charge or, I mean, she was, he was, you know, yeah, they, but I'll say the couple of people. Yeah. But I mean, I didn't care about them. They were annoying. Uh, Drinking some but, wine, hanging out at the house, you know? Yeah. All right. So Tori, uh, one out of 10 with 10 being the highest. What do you give? A seven. Oh, okay. And why seven? Wow. Uh, because I like, I liked the, uh, <clears throat> like I said, the homage to the slasher films in the 80s and 70s. And <clears throat> it was a good take of a classic story. So I'm giving it a higher score because of that. And the cheese factor, because some of these lines are so cheesy, you had to laugh at them, you know? So... <clears throat> But the, the, you know, the dialogue and all that stuff that we just talked about um, or the reasons why I didn't give it a higher score. But I think seven's a pretty good score. No, it's a great score. Yeah. yeah. 
Great score. All right, what about you, Jen? Uh, one out of ten with ten being the highest. Okay, so I'm gonna go with a six. Mm-hmm. Not, I, I, I don't think it's middle of the road. I actually think, yeah, okay, it, it had some, had some good points. There were definitely some moments that I. I felt really connected. The one part when I felt really connected was when Michael was killing, and uh, you know, I'm such a, I'm dumb now. I'm going to be a fake fan. Uh, when she was killing uh, the the granddaughter's um, boyfriend on the stairs, right? Um, mm-hmm. oh, I totally forgot his name. But anyway, when when he was killing him, it that felt to me like something visceral. She can't do anything. He's just slowly killing this guy. She's got to watch and she knows what is going to happen. That I don't know that for some reason that actually made me really feel bad. Um, but in terms of the, the overall sort of, you know, there was some really good production qualities. I think we talked about uh, the soundtrack at some points where it was really good. There were moments where it felt disconnected, but overall, I mean, you know, it's hard to go wrong with John Carpenter. At least there, there were, it sounded good, even if it didn't always resonate with what was happening. Um, and then the other thing that I did like about this movie is I really did like, again, the, the, all of the tropes that went into it that could have independently been some really great movie pieces it's like all of the ideas were there. They just didn't connect them all. Um, and the dialogue really fell so far short. Oh, my God. That was just not, I don't know, something didn't work there. Um, but but other than that, I mean, there. you know, again, it wasn't a terrible movie. It wasn't a waste of my time. I didn't sit here and go, I mean, I, you know, was joking that I wasted popcorn on it. But, you know. That's not, I don't actually feel that way. I don't feel like I wasted my time watching it. I actually did feel like it was entertaining. Um, it just missed the mark as what I have come to expect from the Halloween franchise. Oh, wow. Okay. I mean, you really had a problem with this? Hey, Michael. It's Halloween. Everyone's entitled to one good scare. I'm just gonna walk around the house saying that now. <laughs> I might use this on every episode from now on. The cheeky look on his face when he's delivering. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, I so, made it too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, kudos to that guy, and he was from the original movie. That's the actor from the original movie. So that's the reason he had to die. Yeah. The whole reason he had to die is because he delivered that line of dialogue. <laughs> he was offered as a sacrifice. <laughs> all right, so, uh, all right, me, I'm going to. What do you give it, Kente? I'm giving it a six. Uh, I think, uh, you know, like, I, you know, it's a bad movie. It's not a very good movie. It's uh, pretty cheesy. You know, uh, I, I was I was looking forward to this film quite a bit. But I love Michael Myers. As you know, that's my favorite of the horror killer slasher folks. And uh, I love, I think the original Halloween is like just a brilliant movie. And I like 2018, you know, but uh, this one just didn't do it for me. And I was very disappointed. But, you know, I'm going to be in line to see the next one. So what does that say about me? 
So, uh, but, um, you know, we'll see how it all ends. But uh, I give it a six. I give it a six. Uh, I've seen it now three times. So uh, I guess that says a lot. But, uh, you know, y'all kind of forced me to watch it again with you guys. But, <laughs> we but forced uh, you. Yeah. yeah. All right. So before we get on out of here, uh, we'll start off with you, uh, Tori. How can we get you in social media and all that good stuff? Okay. On Facebook, you can get me at Tori Rush, R U S H. Uh, that's with a Y, T O R Y, R U S H. Uh, you can get me on Instagram at Rush Tori. Uh, just reverse that. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start my own YouTube channel very soon. So I'll be able to give you that link too. So I'm excited about that too. Yay. Anyway. All right. <laughs> all right. That's it. Joshua, how can we get you in social media? Well, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at skid comic. And if you want to know more about the things that I do, go to semicorestudios.com. It was just updated. Yes. For the first time in a very long time, it's an updated website and I'm just going ahead. Uh, I'm going to say this also, Join us every Friday night for the podcast, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Links are at semicorestudios.com. Kente, you're there. I am. I am. I'll be there tomorrow night. And tomorrow night, it's your sort of topic uh, to discuss. So tune in for that. Find out what Kente Yeah, Jen, and Jen's about. supposed to join us, too, for that. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, remember, we talked about it. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely, sure. Yeah. Yep. So, Jan, how can we get you in social media and all that good stuff? <laughs> like, I don't really have anything all that great to say. I save it all for the podcast, so I, you know, not too much. If you really want to find me? I guess you can find me on Twitter at following bliss one. Um, other than that, I'm I. Yeah, this is it. You got me. I'm on the podcast. All right, and you can get me at Kente F. On Twitter, Kente Ferguson on Instagram. And of course, the new website is the Indie Radio, I N D Y Radio.com. Yay. That's, yes. And big shout out and thanks. Yay. And, and you know, uh, Jerry Springer does his uh, final thought. And <laughs> instead of doing that, I just want to leave you guys with one thing. It's Halloween. <laughs> Everyone's entitled to one good scare. <laughs> uh, you guys have a good one.